0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: five four three Did you actually do the countdown by? I just did it. She did it. I just did well, it. I tell you, Good you, job, miss. you, you give the wife an itch and she comes in and takes over.
2: Good job, babe. <laughs> nice welcome.
3: <laughs> we have a we have a new producer today on the Unashamed Podcast, Missy. Welcome, Missy. Welcome, mom.
4: Thank you. Uh, welcome Hello. Lisa. Thanks.
3: We have uh, we have made a major upgrade in, in terms of beauty on the Unashamed Podcast for those of you that are watching. Uh, by having our lovely wives uh, uh, join us today on the podcast, which is always a blessing, Lisa and I are coming from the uh, southern lair, while uh, Missy and Mom are there in studio. So we're excited to have you guys.
5: Thanks. Yeah, we're glad to be here. <laughs> Me, We're glad all the to be time. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, so, uh, so I got to start off. I, I realize I'm time stamping. Our, our podcast, because we're, we're a couple of weeks out on our releases. So by the time you hear this, you know, college football will roll on. But this past weekend, uh, for the first time for me in a long time, because the last few years when the Alabama-LSU game is on, Lisa and I have been on the road. So I haven't really had a chance to really just enjoy the game. And so this year we were here in Alabama. I had my freshly minted LSU flag hanging on my house, very much in the minority. Uh, in my neighborhood but uh, and it was quite the game that Lisa and I were able to watch together so Jace I gotta know I gotta hear about what happened at your house were you home were you on the road what, what was your story I it took a while for me to have my schedule
1: arranged where I would get one day off and it was that Saturday and Sunday so I thank everyone there's a lot of people I want to thank for that but uh <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> and it sounds so, like an
3: acceptance speech. We had, so many people to
1: thank. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, the game was, was amazing. We were fourteen point underdogs. And look, we just we love Louisiana. And so we support our state. I was college. trying to
5: call you to say what the odds were, like you always tell me, you know, how much
1: I, I had all the missed calls. I return your calls immediately and you didn't answer.
2: Well, she was on the phone already with Jeff. Yeah, that's what, an yep.
1: that's what I've noticed with you, Kay. You'll call somebody back, but give them at least a minute to call you right nope, back. Nope.
2: No, that's wasted. then dead you're already on to the next
1: call. <laughs> and so then when you finish that call, you called me back. Well, guess what? One minute later, because I was trying to get my phone, because I'm like, who would call me during the LSU game? Oh, me? <laughs> it's Kay. So I tried to call you back. Guess what? No, and we continued that during the whole game, and I never talked to you again until right now. Well,
5: I talked to other people, but I didn't talk to you. <laughs> well,
2: we kind of But we have a rule that Jason didn't even know where his phone is during the game, so I'm surprised she kept trying to call her back because usually people know not to even I'm call
1: I'm honored us. that you tried to call I me back.
5: I tried
2: to call
1: yeah. you back. Mm-hmm. So we were there. Uh, she learned that. Missy invited her parents, or did they invite themselves? Mm-hmm.
2: They invited themselves. But. Which was okay. <laughs> I was a little
1: nervous about it at first because, look, they've seen me during an LSU game because I'm, I'm vulnerable in that situation, good or bad. During the game, now once the game ends, it's over. I have a uh, win or lose. Yeah. I'm fine. i leave it in the living room on the field. So we had them there, and uh, we had our little one there. He had his little LSU. Missy put a, put a LSU. Lisa,
2: you bought that for him.
1: LSU little LSE
2: onesie. I put it on him. Mm-hmm.
1: Which created a problem because later on during the night, bedtime occurred. And then all of a sudden, Missy's like saying, no, we need to keep this down.
2: Well, I'm just like, like no screaming and hollering out loud <laughs> or you get to go put the baby back to sleep. That was yeah. kind of
1: the deal. And so I was patient and understanding. I think the line I gave was if they win this game, I'll I'll tear this house down yes. <laughs> to the foundation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just marriage, right? And right.
1: This is a great preview to marriage. It is. It, I'm it just, is. <laughs> but uh, her parents were trying to video me a couple of times. I was like, no, 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 it, it stays in the living room. Because <laughs> there was a lot of antics in, uh the whole state. I'm sure that it registered. It would have been a
5: great show. They could have filmed each one of us watching it because I was funny too.
1: Well, they were checking the earthquake, uh, last I heard, to see if when the two-point conversion was good, to see if it registered on the earthquake Ah! meter. I would like to know that
2: decibel number for sure from the stadium Mm -hmm. level. That would have been amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. I actually had an injury over the celebration. My adrenaline was pumping so much I didn't realize it. But about an hour later,
0: I could not lift my arm up. And it's still sore to this day. When's the last time the crowd has gone into the, Field when the, when the game I was. Mean, that, the week before <laughs> there's the goalpost
1: down the week <laughs> before so it was yeah you know, the week before they beat Ole Miss and I'm like I think we need to act like we've been here before
3: <laughs> yeah yeah <that's> but
1: right. <laughs> now Phil you got to remember they not everyone stormed the field I think basically well, uh, the you,
2: field was looked cold. like it yeah
1: well you saw those who had had they were the no win to say when losers stormed the field yeah. I think they'd had a few adult beverages at that point. Oh right? yeah, because most of the people I saw going to the field fell down <laughs> en route.
5: I thought they were just so happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were, and they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but it was well, it, it was, was <laughs> great. I'm glad we didn't. Uh, I'm glad I was just so glad that really we went for two because in the back of my mind. You know missy in our marriage i i've I've documented this that we didn't have a lot in common when we got married. We basically both spoke the Engli- the English language, which was <laughs> great because you think if that if we spoke two different languages, that would be difficult, and we love Jesus I don't think there was anything else right off the bat, was it, babe?
2: We'll get to that okay. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> so so but, but I wanted I'm to excited. say this, Al. I, I wanted to say this. But one thing that has developed besides our kids that we have in common is that we watch football together. And uh she's she's more of a Saints fan than I. I mean I love the Saints. Thank you. But thank she's, you. Thank you. Missy's more of a Saints fan. I'm more of an LSU fan. But she is, she did get up off the couch and I saw some cries for emotion. But I was so happy they went for two. Because there's been an argument in our house for the last five years about the role of the kicker. And uh, and it's just – we because I thought if this guy misses this, not only would we oh. lose if they kicked it instead of going for two, then it's going to fuel this argument. And I don't know if we want to get into it here, but Missy – It's not
2: an argument with college football. It is an argument for pro, NFL pro kicker. Okay. College kickers, they're kids. They got – Jobs, they have school, they have, but if you're an NFL pro kicker, she you literally like have me. one job. Which
5: you get paid millions of dollars for. for.
2: You have one job.
1: Our last argument, I, it concluded with me calling Missy a kicker Pharisee because she said there's no excuse for you That's ever to miss a kick. There's not. We
2: had the same discussion. I'm not a Pharisee though, because I'm not a kicker who says that I'm perfect. I'm not a kicker, so I can't. I'm not. That's not. That's not a demanding them to be perfect. I'm saying that if I was their boss, they better have a darn good excuse come Monday morning when they come into my office and tell me the reasons why they missed that regular field goal.
1: The extra point's what you're saying. They should never the
2: extra point. That's right. The PAT. If you miss a PAT, there should be a you should better better have a list of reasons when you come Monday morning to my office.
3: Missy, you sound like uh, Peyton Manning. remember a few years ago, he famously said in a post-game press conference that we lost the game thanks to our idiot kicker. <laughs> 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 now that's something she would say.
2: <laughs> Not in a press conference. But, but. but
1: during the <laughs> argument, what, what, what I found more shocking is she said, it's just like the NBA. That's There's right. no excuse for you to miss ever a free throw. You're standing there on a line. I
0: don't
2: understand that either. But she's you like, have to remember like the babe, pressure. we're
0: humans. We Things happen. The she's pressure like, that's coming from the, the stands, and a, they're hollering. and I mean, you know a lot is riding on this. She has an answer you take, for that. You'd have to have nerves. That's what makes steel. you a pro. You're a pro. Uh, that's what that, makes you a that pro. That's why you get
2: paid the big bucks, I'm literally. i saying there's a lot but of But nobody's perfect.
0: <laughs> that's right.
3: That's so so what I said. Get your I list said. ready
2: for whenever you mess up. Cause there's somebody waiting in the wings to take your place, <laughs> so you better have good reasons.
3: <laughs> I can see both sides of this argument, Missy. You're you're winning me over. I agree. So, so, Mom, I got to know what was your um, what was your, what did you do at when LSU won the game? Did you I jumped go nuts? out of the chair
5: and nearly killed myself. <laughs> Tripped over dogs say, and everything else. <laughs> I was up and down, up and down. I was
1: a nervous wreck. <laughs> did you scream at any point?
5: I don't know, did I? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know the dogs didn't know what was happening. They were saying something's going on around here.
3: Well, it was funny because we were down here, and I, I went out and had some errands on that morning. And so I'm going around town. Of course, I got my LSU stuff on, and you know I'm getting a lot of grief from people in stores and you know that kind of stuff. But it was all in fun. But when I went into the grocery store down here, these they, everybody was so into it, they were announcing over the loudspeaker. All right, who in this store is you know pulling for LSU? I mean, across the whole grocery store, so it was really great. And they did all the SEC schools because there's a lot of people represented down here. So it was a it was a buzz. And I will say, I know, I know we have a ton of Alabama fans. So I know we've made you relive this today, but just understand you guys have been better consistently for a long time. So you got to, you know, when something like this happens, we're going to have to crow just a little bit. But we
1: even even the non-football fans, though, this game was something, the way it ended was so crazy. Because, look, I stood up. I thought, okay, we scored, you know, in the overtime. And then all of a sudden, I thought, is he? Is he actually contemplating going for two points at home? And and we all stood up. Said, no, and, no, and no, was no, no. Convers- He's not
2: that dumb. He's not gonna do that. Yeah, that's what Messi.
1: She's like, there's no, no, no way, there's no way. That's just he stupid. would do that in front of a hundred thousand people. I was like, what about the rest of the state? The whole nation. <laughs> like, the the sta- the whole nation? <laughs> yeah, and I then when they went to did they go to commercial? Yeah, because no, no, they took he, a ran, he
2: ran no. down the field as fast as he can, screaming, hollering, time out, time out. I said, Oh, thank goodness he's yeah. come to his senses. It's not. He's not going to do that. Went to
1: commercial. But I told you. What did I say? I said he's still going to go for two. I said he's doing it. But they just want to make sure they have the place. It comes back. They're they're fixing to go for two. But what I noticed, it did Al. I want to make this point because I've I I couldn't even sleep for three or four hours. Just the (laughs) adrenaline. I was watching the crowds, and I mean, I just I went went back and
2: watched the whole thing again and fast forwarded through commercials.
1: I did. So, but I, nobody made this point. And he, what he did, because, you know, this is personal for us because Nick Saban used to be our coach. And so Louisiana has a weird kind of relationship here. But Brian Kelly did something that up until this moment, I've seen no other coach do against Nick Saban. He ambushed him with the element of surprise. And I'm going to make this argument because they called a timeout. And the Alabama staff was so flustered that when it came back out and we were finished running the play, they had 12 men on the field. Yeah, I remember There's that. There's a guy running. And it, it hit me in that moment. I thought, they, they've they actually ha- have a surprise attack here. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, it, I mean, it shocked me that we pulled it off and scored,
3: but it seemed easy.
2: Well, Alabama is used to being the intimidator. Exactly. And they've gotten away with it for so long. And now they were like, oh, well, wait a second. Another
3: factor. Missy, to your earlier point, we did lose the first game of the season when a kicker missed, you know, an extra point, had an extra point block, you know, that it, you were just assuming, you know, we're going into overtime. So there was that, you know, that we've actually experienced but year, he so. missed it because
1: the line didn't block, which is my argument. This is a team sport. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, babe, when the ball is snapped. The guy's got to put it down there. He's got to flip it around. He's got to hold it. The line well, has well. We've to covered lock.
2: that. We've covered that. But what? But I think what I liked best about the the post game. I know we need to move on. But Brian Kelly in the interview. I mean, everybody talking about this afterwards with tears in his eyes. I'm like, okay. We had our doubts after the Florida State game. I'll give you that. We had our doubts. We weren't hating. I wasn't hating on him. I just had my doubts if he was the right man to pull the job off. But now seeing his heart for all of the boys and the team and love of the state and seeing his reaction with the fans, I'm like, okay, he's in. He's, he's family. <laughs> That's well, it. They
0: had that new <laughs> coach, and they lost to somebody right off the bat, the first loss. Yeah, first Florida game. State. Yeah. Well, I, when I saw that, I said, they're going to have a tough road to hoe. But uh, yeah. remarkably, I mean, I looked up and I said, man, I, they, these people have, they've come to their senses yeah. here. Oh, It's, it's, it's not good. just
2: a game. I know people say, oh, it's just a football game. How silly. It's, it's a sense of pride in your state and pride in what you've been through with your state and with your school and with your team and with your family. It is. So It's so much more than just a game. And I think that's what makes it so much fun when you win.
1: It is, and there's it's like eating fish. There's things that happen (laughs) that are wrong. They use a lot of four letter words and all that. You got to spit out the bones. Yeah, but overall, it's a good thing to enjoy for your state. Game yesterday we watched.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Just don't read lips. That's right. Don't read lips. Don't zoom in on those coaches' faces. uh, Let's take a break. So, it's time to uh, talk about the uh, kitchen knife game, and it's time to take it up a notch, as, uh, as a certain chef might say. Uh, one of our sponsors is Kamakoto Knives, and they sent us some, and they're amazing. Dad, you've used yeah, them. I've right? used them, yeah. Very sharp. They're sharp, well made. So, they use, uh, they use steel that's sourced from Japan. Each blade is made with techniques that have been honed and perfected for generations of knife smiths. And these things are, are really fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can also get a little uh we bought a little um whetstone that they make specifically for these knives to keep them sharp because they really come to, to quite the edge. They come in a beautiful heavy-duty ash wood box. Each blade is individually inspected and comes with a lifetime guarantee, which can't beat that. So these knives are what they call, Dad, cut through your ribeye like butter sharp. And they really are. So check them out. Make great gifts. If you go ahead and buy now, Kamikoto is offering an extra $50 off their site, which is fantastic, on top of their Black Friday sale. So go to kamikoto.com slash phil. Use the offer code phil for an extra $50 off. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O, kamikoto.com slash So go to comicoto.com slash Phil, use the offer code Phil for an extra $50 off. All right. So we got our, we got that out of our system. And like I said, we (laughs) beg forgiveness for all our Alabama fans. We love you in Christ. So it just goes to show in the SEC on any given week you pull for whoever, right? So, um, the reason that, uh, that we asked the ladies to come on our episode is because we had a very, uh, I feel like, Jason, spirited discussion from Mark 10 on our last podcast with the three of us plus Jack, uh, Zach. And uh, we talked about marriage uh, in the context of, you know, it wasn't really about marriage, I don't think, is kind of the conclusion we came to, even though that's the topic. Uh, it was more about legalism and law as Jesus is dealing with this particular situation. But I felt like we needed uh, to to get some female perspective. Obviously, the same um, thing I think the podcast audience loves about our a podcast is our commitment to the word. But I, I'm going to tell you, you know, we get, we're on here all the time, me, Jason, Dad, and Zach. But the, our wives have been studying, teaching, being impacted and impacting others with the word of God all the years we have. And so... Uh, I respect all of your opinions, but also your study and your study, you know, in in any of the Bible. So that was reason why I wanted to have you guys on in the last uh, context. and You can help me out as well. We we talked about there tends to be this tendency, which is why this question was posed by the Pharisees. They were trying to trap him with this question about, you know, is it lawful to have a divorce because they're trying to get Jesus basically on the record saying going against Moses. And so Jesus, as he often does bring the, brings them back to the original truth. And the way we described on the last podcast is, is he presents marriage as this beautiful gift that's been here since the beginning. That's why he goes all the way back to Genesis one and Genesis two. And so he just, his answer to their legalistic question was here's the way God has designed it from the beginning. And he just gives this beautiful picture uh, about marriage. Um, so I, I kind of wanted you guys just to give us basically your not only opinion of this text but also just marriage in general. And mom, I wanted to start with you because you know you got a movie coming out about your marriage. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you, you know, not many people can say that, right? I mean, about your early lives. So um, how, how do you you growing up your your you know view of marriage, what you were taught? How did that impact you? going into your marriage and relationship with Dad?
5: Well, as I tell the story to everybody, it was because I was raised as much by my grandmother as I was my family because they had a store and they worked all the time. So I listened to my grandmother for hours and we'd sit in the swings in different places. And we talked about, and I told her, I already knew I wanted a husband. I knew what I wanted him to look like and act like, And that I wanted four children. And, uh, uh, you know, I had it all planned in my head. Of course, it wasn't like I had anybody picking them because I was just young. But she always told me, she said, well, just know one thing. When you marry, you give a vow to God and it's for life. And she said, in all your fights and struggles, you got to stick through them and just know that God's there and you can do it. So I was like, why would I have fights and struggles? I don't fight now. I'm not a fighting person. And she said, um, you'll have problems. And I said, why? She said, because everybody does in a marriage. Some people will talk about it, some people won't. But there's always disagreements in a marriage. So I went in there thinking, no matter what he does, no matter what anything happens, I'm not going to leave him. I'm going to stay true to the vows and the marriage.
1: Well, we, you know, we talked about last week, you know, marriage is hard. People are selfish. Yeah. And by that, we're sinful on both sides. And things change. Life changes, especially when kids happen. Health problems happen. People die that are close to us. You know, friends betray us. Then you throw in work and making a living and you lose your job and, So, uh, you know, we made a point that you always marry the wrong person because you're bringing out the worst just by spending time on a daily basis with another human being, and we're sinful people. Well, we were
5: definitely different. He was smart. I wasn't— no, what's the other reason? <laughs> no, I was going to think of it. There's several of. Them. I had money; he had none. Uh, what I was
1: what I was going to say though is, you know, the context of what we covered. If you read Matthew 19, one through 12, and you read our in Mark 10, I mean, when you combine them, you kind of figure out what they were trying to do because they were trying to trap him, saying, "Well, how come Moses and." where was that Deuteronomy 24? They were allowing people to get divorced for a variety of reasons. And so they were trying to trap him to see which side of that he was on. It was kind of like the new way here where, you know, you just, you get tired of her. She doesn't cook well or you can divorce her. So they're trying to trap him. And in both references, you know, Jesus says, well, he allowed you to get that divorce because your hearts were hard. What was happening was they were making sinful decisions. And then now scenarios were coming up where it's like, well, what do we do with the first woman that I was married to after three marriages? Mm -hmm. Cause now she wants to get back married again. So he was making the point, you screwed all this up, but it wasn't that way from the beginning, from the beginning. And he then defines marriage and he he shows that he designed it and that he defined it and that it's actually a beautiful thing that one plus one equals one one in in, in the father so that's why when you fast forward to all of us we've been married all of us gee whiz
2: a lot of years
1: a lot of years you 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 realize all the problems that come. I mean, I think Missy's the greatest quality that I did not know she had was the ability to have a new normal when life changes or throws you a curveball. I mean, she just she does way better than I do about arising to the occasion
0: and saying, Well, this is just how it is.
2: Give me a week. Give you me don't a week. A week that's good, man. <laughs>
0: you don't realize uh, uh, that the teaching about it you read about it and then and, and the final word on it when jesus said all right here's the way ma- marriage works but even then being having good marriages you must teach what it has to be an ongoing people reaching out you two are married you've got your children well all of a sudden there's another one well, there's people contemplating marriage or or they're married and they're looking for a little guidance and what makes a what makes a smooth, uh, kind, good marriage, so the teaching part has to be done, even when you say, Okay, I'll stay with it to have and to hold no matter what. You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. He's talking to a young preacher. Teach the older men, he starts with older men, to be praiseworthy, respect, self-control, sound in truth, and love, endure it. Teach the older women. So that tells you that if you don't have uh, instruction among married people, some of them, the ones who are, are obeying what Jesus said, it's a one-shot deal. Stay with them. You know, it's, it's, it's for, forever. If you don't get that in their head and you on a constant teaching scheme, I mean, how in the world would you expect it to turn out? Teach the old women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers, not addicted to much wine, teach what is good, then they can teach, train the younger women to love their husband and children. So it's one of these things where you just can't say good luck to you. There yeah. has to be some intervention in the kingdom of God with each other and develop relationships. Miss K and them are always going up to town. They have these women's meetings. How many do you have every week? Just one a
5: week now, maybe two. Well, no, it's one a week and, and one once a month.
0: But that's what they do. I'm sure you miss you. You all do to some extent the She's same thing, because people are looking back, and when they see marriage, so many of them falling apart, it becomes a prerequisite. They need some training. Well, especially in the kingdom of God, if you're going to claim Jesus, you're going to have to go with what He said about marriage: one man, one woman for life. So, <laughs> you see, in our culture, that's a that's a bone to be chewed, Jace.
2: Well, the, the training so, starts uh, h- at...
3: Hang on, Miss. Hang on, Miss. Let's take a break. So we talk a lot on the podcast, especially for what Lisa and I are doing about pro-life. But also, you know, it's not just speaking to women about abortion and, you know, talking about it on the Life Inside the Womb. It's also after Jason, Missy, or you know, they're doing uh, helping out with fostering children, Adoption. There's so many components to the pro-life issue. And along the way, it's great to meet like-minded people. And one of those groups is called 40 Days for Life. And they've been a sponsor on our podcast for a while. We've had Sean, who's their CEO, on the podcast to talk about what they're doing. They have great resources about in the debate about abortion because sometimes people feel like they don't know what to say. And so they've written some great books about sort of how to have those discussions, whether you're at work or whatever. They have over a million volunteers in a thousand cities uh, all around the world, and they get together and they pray, and they're making an impact in a difference. So I want you to check them out. Check out their locations. Maybe you can get involved with this great organization. they got a great podcast. As I said, they have great resources on their website. they got a free magazine that you can also check out. It's 40daysforlife.com. They're going to keep you updated on how abortion is ending in a post-Roe America. So that's 4040daysforlife.com.
2: The training starts at home when they're babies and they, they watch their parents because if you see generation after generation, it's very hard to change whatever cycle that is, good cycle or a bad cycle. And so y- your boys saw how y'all were able to work it out in the tough scenarios. Yeah. How, okay, you did fight. You are a fighter because you fought to keep your marriage I had a lot together. of patience, too. But you gave Phil, you know, those kind of those ultimatums of "I'm you can't come back home until... You get your life right. I'm not going to subject myself and my boys to that again. That that was a fighting moment. Yeah,
5: that was after many years. Right. But uh, I will say I felt like in my mind I had been patient and given all I could give. Well, actually, you're the one that kicked us out anyway. You remember that night, don't you? Hmm.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's even goes with the argument here is, you know, human beings are always looking for a way out when it gets uncomfortable or bad things happen or we're bitter or, and Jesus is going back as this looking as something that you want to stay in. This is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's a, you think about just from a societal standpoint, this is a fabric of dynamic societies, having parents who love each other and have this special bond that was separ- um, That was uh, put together by the Almighty, and then you see the kids that come forth having a foundation to where, when problems do
3: arise, if they,
0: everything goes south. It it it's, doesn't take long for it to really have an impact on your culture. Exactly. But
3: you know, Missy, <clears throat> Missy brought up a really interesting thought, and at least I, I want to bring you into this. You mentioned Missy about when you were children and things that both happen and things that you do affect how you're going to be later in your life. All those things do They're factors in in the home you grow up in. And so I I would say, babe, how how did, how did your young life affect ultimately our marriage and then our redemption that came out of that? How would you describe that?
4: Well, I think you're right. I think 95% of the time, um, when kids are raised, um, in a God fearing and a loving home, where the parents love and respect one another, um, then sure. I mean, they tend to take on those qualities, but there are, you know, there are other times where the kids, you know, grow up and, and they don't carry on those qualities. And so there, you know, there are exceptions to everything, but I also think that, um, whenever you're not brought up in that home, uh, where, You know, the parents take you to church and and actually live the Christian life. Um, Or I think also whenever things happen as children. Um, And, you know, in my case, at at seven years old, I had an uncle that started molesting me. Well, that, you know, at seven years old, it's wrong. You don't know it's wrong because you're seven years old. But at the same time, I think that instills something in you at that early age. One, it instilled dishonesty into me because I couldn't tell anybody what was happening to me. Uh, two, I think it instilled um, a self-worth, which I had none. Um, I really felt as though uh, my lot in life was to please men. Um, the third thing that I think it instills is is just that respect factor and I had no respect for men. Now I had respect for my father, but he's he's he was the only one you know um, and so as you grow up and as you interact um, with the opposite sex, those things matter. Those things come into play because when your path, you're going you know you're going down a path, and it takes several detours, like mine did. Um, then, whenever your brain is firing, it's 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 not firing on the right things, you know. It it's firing on those lies that Satan has instilled in you as a child. And so, of course, I think that as Al and I, um, after we got married, um, I had loved him so long, I thought you know i i think i think now it wasn't love i think it was just um you know a strong like maybe but um i had wanted so much that kind of person in my life because i i was not raised with that kind of person so i wanted him so badly and then to come into the family and have a family i mean what i saw in the robertson family was Respect of one another, um, the love of God, um, the love of church and your brethren, um, hospitality, um, evangelism. I mean, those are the things that I saw in the Robertson family and wanted so much in my life. But it was a measuring stick you couldn't measure up. To. That's it's right. But felt. I could not measure up to that because, oh, by the way, did you know I had all this other stuff in my life, you know? And so I just I feel as though that really does um, affect a person as they go on. Now, I'm I'm grateful Uh, the Robertson family forgave me whenever um, whenever I had an affair and committed adultery on Alan. Um, Alan forgave me. God forgave me. And I'm grateful for that. But I'm I'm so grateful that at that point. God showed me the lies that Satan had been telling me for all of those years. But again, as you said, Phil, that came through being with other people and those people putting that into my life. And so whenever I whenever I did counseling, whenever I talked with other people, even Miss Kay, I mean, then they told me what my worth was. They showed me they studied with me. And I think that is how that I was able to change my life. And and subsequently, we have a great marriage, not perfect, but we have a great marriage now.
3: Well, let's uh, let's take another break. So with, you know, elections and man, back and forth, there's a lot of crazy. It's it's a pretty crazy divide right now between left and right. And, um, you know we have to do business in this world. So a lot of times you're doing business with the folks you don't necessarily agree with. One of our sponsors is probably a company that you would agree with uh, their value system. Cause it's a lot like ours as conservatives. It's called Patriot mobile. It's America's only Christian mobile phone provider. And they're also a force for conservative values. Um, they take a portion of your bill and they fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the second amendment, And they're making a difference. They also have affordable plans for you, your family, and even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, they support conservative values. So if you want to check them out and see about switching over, go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation with the offer code PHIL. They've got special discounts for veterans and first responders. So join the movement. Make the switch today. Patriotmobile.com slash Phil or call him at 972 Patriot. And, and Dad, it kind of goes back to what you had talked about. I mean, the, the common theme here is the capacity of forgiveness and then change, life change. And Dad had to change in his late 20s, Lise had to change in her early 30s. And then from there we were like rocket ships Mm -hmm. that took off for Christ. I do Missy want you to speak to you and Jace obviously have a different, you know, set of circumstances than us the other two couples. Tell me what you've learned about you guys over the course of thirty two plus years of marriage. And you know, Jace has talked a lot on the podcast about you guys not having a lot in common going in. I know,
2: I know, it's not just the podcast.
3: It's an interesting statement,
0: uh, Al. Uh, he ends this little session up about teaching the older men, the older women, the younger men. Uh, you do that uh, with soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Just just think about being careful on what you say, so that those who oppose you—and there's always opposition—the evil one and the work—you may uh, uh, you, they may be ashamed when they're watching you because they've nothing bad to say about us. In other words, if they're trying to drum up some way to get at you because of the way you operate between you and your wife, but they hear it's good sound teaching, they just don't really have anything they can accuse you of. So that's the goal, but that's how critical you know you're being watched. By everyone in your family structure.
2: Well, y'all do have a past, but the good thing that they can accuse you, and it's all true, but you've already confessed it all to the world. So there's nothing new. And I think that's what's so good about another quality of the Robertson family and y'all, especially y'all two couples, is that the only reason that you're putting it out there is to help other people, because it definitely doesn't make you look good. So... So that's, that's a great quality, I think. But, and Lisa, one thing before, we, before I answer your question, Al, whenever you said, you know, the Robertson family forgave me and it, all of that, it sounds all beautiful and clean and crisp and loving, and it, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a tough time when all of that happened. And forgiving you was not just a decision that we made. It was a process that we had to go through ourselves without you in the room. And without your presence, and it was not pretty, you know, and, and so I think that's what marriage that was a relationship that we had to work out outside of y'all's marriage, we had to work that out as family. And that took a while. And so when I think about the commitment to marriage, I thought about this when you said, let's y'all are going to be on this podcast to talk about marriage. And I'm look. I look around at a lot of people around us, mostly younger, that are going through divorce or contemplating divorce or have just gone through it. And they have so many reasons why they weren't prepared, or it just fell apart, or he started um, uh, slandering me, uh, verbally abusing me. I can't take it anymore. All this stuff, and not that those are not valid reasons, but where is the commitment that we made? before God and before witnesses. And I can only think of one other commitment you make before God and before witnesses, and that is to your creator when you accept Christ as your Lord. It's that one and your commitment to your spouse for the rest of your life. You don't even make a commitment when you take your babies home from the hospital. They just hand them to you. Like, good luck. Even, <laughs> even I mean, seriously. Really? You don't have to sign a thing. And even when I took this new baby home, I just signed that I had legal authority to make decisions on his behalf, not that I would love him and commit to him and put him before me no matter what. It was it's a marriage is a very unique institution that is is it's like none other. And so it requires a lot more time, a lot more energy then maybe you really feel like putting in because you're dealing with another adult and you think you, he should be treating me the way that I want to be treated. You know, we kind of give a pass to our kids because they're kids. So I think that.
0: A lot of them are saying now, just kill them. That way you won't have to raise them.
2: Well, that's true too. That's a whole other issue. How
0: about a sad, sad deal? Just get rid of them. That way you want to. That's the latest thing Satan's well, throwing out I want
2: to put an end. I want to put an end, Al. To this whole, uh, Jay says we don't have anything in common except <laughs> Jesus and
0: our kids. I figured
1: we were going to circle so I have back. a list. Oh, you made a list? Left. Teach me, man. I'm a Teach list maker. Teach me your ways. So
2: I'm going to just run through it real quick. You ready? And you can you can confirm or deny.
1: Okay. okay. Or deny. I'm Jesus,
2: which consists of, well, our, our lives and commitment to Jesus, but we love great worship.
1: We do love great worship.
2: We're mission-minded.
1: Well, I thought all this was like Jesus.
2: Okay, I, that was under the Jesus category. <laughs> yeah. Now, on our kids, we both wanted to make Karina our family. Yeah. Okay, and we also both decided to take in AK. Yeah. Okay. Y'all did
0: a great job with that, too. Well, well, that's ongoing.
2: That's ongoing. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a liquid situation. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Action movies. Uh-huh. British crime shows. Wow. Good homemade food. Yeah. Good well made food okay Thank you. <laughs> we're not big sweets eaters no. we're not no, big okay. breakfast eaters no. we agree Man. on we agree on politics well yeah we're extremely patriotic yes. we support our troops no. we support orphans overseas we love learning about history okay. I'm still going, still going. <laughs> uh, we really like our, y'all Y'all are going to love this, Al and Zach, we really like our Helix mattress.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> say you guys can agree agree good, good mattress. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Jace got in bed after being in Virginia. He was like, oh, man, it's so good getting in this bed again. Okay, we, we like to every once in a while e- eat chips and queso as our meal. That's true. Okay. LSU football, we've covered that, and football overall. Yep. Working together for Duck Family Treasure. We have a goal of making that the best that we can possibly make it. Okay. And yeah. this is just kind of spur of the moment. I thought about this on the way down. Uh, we're very budget-minded. Both of us are very budget-minded, which really, it, it's that, that's great for our marriage because we don't really fight over money. We never have. So, well, I'm um, not
1: budget minded. I just don't. I'm just
2: he doesn't spend any money. I'm
1: not worried about it.
2: But I don't. I don't really either. But yeah, well, we didn't have any to spend, and that was a we didn't go into debt either. So that's good.
3: Did you grow to those uh, things you both have in common, or were they there from the beginning? Well, you should have given me
1: that list like 20 years ago.
2: I I didn't (laughs) think I had to sit down and make a list. I I feel like I'm having to defend myself.
1: Give me the list.
2: All I'm saying is maybe you should get to know me a little bit better. Yeah. After 32 <laughs> years of marriage. <laughs>
3: yeah. Hang on. Let's t- let's t- let's take our last break. All right. So Missy's convinced me of two things. One is professional kickers should not miss an extra point. And number two jason jason missy have a lot in common so thank, thank you. you missy mm-hmm. sure but He's we needed a, a list
2: yes yeah, so now uh, you can't you'd remind him when he says my wife and i don't have anything in common except oh, jesus
1: trust me i will i won't say remember the list so to put this in context al instead of looking for a way out with the certificate of divorce you need to look for a reason to stay yeah. in. Yes, good. I
2: could have made a list With on that things advice. that we didn't have in common. That's With the list. That's yes, good that's good true.
1: With the list. That's that would be good. a very
2: good way for people yep. to learn to appreciate I was gonna, what they have right? in common. I
1: was going to say that about yep. what Lisa shared, and boldly and courageously, I mean, it's not easy to share those kind of things, and Lisa seems to, to do it to help other people, and we're appreciative of that. But uh, and it was bumpy when you did that a family. It took a couple of years, I think, for but yeah, it took a while. It but you know what? When now that I read these passages, it's like, and I hate to use this illustration for football, but it's true. You know, people get so negative and so down on their teams when just they lose hope. They're like, "I fire the coach. This is not working." You know, and we all kind of go through that as football fans mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, when you do that with people, you're underestimating God's grace. And because uh, all my support to Al when that happened was, this is your way out. I was giving him door number one, go out this way. <laughs> door number two, go out that way. Go out the back door. over here. There was yeah. never. There's I was not like, a Lisa door. It's over. <laughs> that door. <laughs> yeah. I had burned it to the ground. So, uh, and, and it, it's, it's. And we're kind of snickering, but it was like you know you just you lose hope in somebody and faith in somebody and you're you're underestimating God's power and and His word. You know they were coming up with all these excuses and all these reasons and they were having all these arguments. You know, and I just think it's beautiful and powerful what Jesus did.
0: He just mm-hmm. went back to the beginning. One argument, their argument that, was is get rid of them, and He was saying He's like you, you're missing the beauty of this. And so I think a
1: lot of our marriages and a lot of people, and look, we all have our scraps and fights. I mean, missing, <laughs> we have scraps all the time. But, you know, you have to have these reminders of how beautiful this is despite our struggles and our mess-ups. and our. I mean, God creates the most powerful union on the planet, and it's called marriage. That's right. I mean, it, you, it you brings know, out the best in both of you working in the right direction, despite all your failures true, and mess ups. I mean, true state. It's
4: incredible. Yeah. Yeah. In, in counseling and in premarital counseling, sometimes we tell people to make a list of of why you like one another or why you want to get married. Um, and then we we had one couple say, we're still adding on to that list. Because every year they find something different. Yeah, They and add to the
3: list every year, which is right. a beautiful thought. Which
4: mm-hmm. which is great because then whenever the hard times come, you pull out that list and, and then you can go, well, I mean, we used to do this. We used to do that. You know, I liked, I used to like that about you and you used to like this about me. So I think it's important for, for us to remember exactly why um, we married one another. And, you know, I have a friend, Joe Neal. She's all of our friends. But, you know, she says, maybe you didn't marry the wrong person. Maybe you're just not the right person. Mm-hmm. Which is the
3: point. Yeah. Which Jesus makes it all right. Before we uh, we're getting toward the end of our podcast, before we get to overtime, I want to read the next little section because I do think it's very relevant, especially in between, because later we're going to talk about this very impressive rich young man that we're still in this concept of, you know, law versus grace. In verse 13, um, it says people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. Now, and this is about the third reference in the last two chapters where Jesus is like addressing a child when he's talking about faith. But the disciples rebuked them. They rebuked them for bringing the kids. When Jesus saw this, and by the way, this is one of the few times in any of the Gospels you see this phrase about Jesus, he was indignant. He was not happy. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. So I want to interject that because, Missy, you talked about children quite a bit a minute ago, not only just the the training that we do, but then also the impact that they have on our relationship. And I just found it interesting that in between these two sort of tests, one, this discussion about marriage from the Pharisees, and the next is going to be this young man comes up that basically says, I'm a law keeper. You know, why can't I, why can't that be enough? He, he brings in these children and and when the disciples try to get the kids out of there, he's a whoa, 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 no, no, no. This is how you need to be. Mm-hmm. You need to be like these. So so how do you how did how do you look at this when you look at relationships, when you look at marriage, when you look at people's kids and mm-hmm. ways that it impacts them? Why is that so important to you guys? Why do you think he brings this well, into this? I'm not sure how we can right sum it up as we
2: as we end this podcast in a pretty package, but children are just a visual reminder of what we should be like. Like and so, but you you could take them for granted if they're with you all of the time. That's what's been so the good thing about having one of the good things about having this new baby in our house is that we're reminded again because it's been a few years since we had little little ones in our house. We're reminded again about the beauty of the creation, about how God created us to be, and like it's been a rough weekend. I'm not gonna lie because the baby has had snotty nose and not been happy and. You know all all of this, and he has been trying our patience, my patience, and yet when he looks at us and we make him laugh, it's like the sweetest thing ever in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. He forgets that he's sick. He forgets that he was just told no fifteen times that you can't grab that fireplace tool and pull it down your head, you know. And so he for- he's so quick to forgive, and so quick to love on, and so quick to want to be loved. That's how we should be as adults. But we have so much um, hurt and anger in our past from grown relationships that have hurt us that we have our defense mechanisms up. And that's a lot of time comes in with that. We're going to flee from the marriage so quickly is because I can't take it anymore is usually the reason it's that it's yourself that gets in the way of trying to work it out. Now, did Did Al have every justification of leaving Lisa? Yes, by law, he had every justification. And no one would have said you did the wrong thing if y'all would have gotten divorced. No one. But working it out was so much more beautiful, not just to your relationship, but to your children and your grandchildren and to generations to come and to all of us. So I think that's the hardest thing for people to get past is but I'm right yes you may be right but is it worth the relationship because you're not going to just lose your spouse you're gonna lose all of your spouse's friends all of your spouse's family all of your so much more than just well I'm right and I went out of this and marriage.
3: then the then the impact on children as well so uh thank you Missy because that was the perfect way to wrap that but I want to talk I want to dive into that a little bit more in our overtime. Um, and, and, talk about that just a little bit more. So if you want to follow us over, it's blaze slash unashamed, still running a promo. If you use the promo code feel, you get $10 off your subscription. Uh, so check us out in overtime with the ladies. Thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.